0: I'll just bring you in. Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. My name is Chandelier, aka Chandelier the Esthetician. I run this YouTube channel and I also run a virtual podcast as well. It's called Skin Is In Podcast. And today I'm really excited. I have a very special guest. Um, I got the privilege to hear him speak when I was at the, um, when I was at the Circadia, like, I don't know what we want to call it, like an education exhibit Mm -hmm. Um, and it was really cool and inspirational and i felt like he just spoke to my heart about content in general and so without further ado welcome to the show this is paul
1: hey what's up thanks for having me i'm so excited to be here i love your stuff love your content love what you're doing in the not only content creation game but just like your passion and your space so super thrilled to be on
0: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. It is really such a privilege to have you. Um, I've actually been waiting to do this since like I literally interacted with you in Philly. I just felt like you had such great innovative ideas for just brand creation and watching what you do with the brand Circadia is just crazy. So if you guys don't know... I am partnered with Circadia as a brand ambassador. That's recent, you guys. Let's go, Um, congrats. Thank you. (laughs) It was, um, you know, something that I've always wanted to do. I see like Julie and all of these other people Mm -hmm. really making waves and I don't know. So it's pretty cool to be in that space already. But um, Circadia actually has this incredible branding strategy and Paul is like the genius behind this. So Mm -hmm. I guess really kind of explain how you got connected with Circadia.
1: Yeah. And to set some context too, just like this really helps kind of the backup story about how we got going with Circadia. So we, um, I, I've been in this industry, like aesthetics, skincare, uh, the spa game for now, like almost 15 years. And I've been in the shoes of a lot of small creators, small business owners, where in the fact that I've had to tr- try to figure out, on a budget, on a small scale, how to stand out. Because mm-hmm. I had a product brand like years ago, back in 08. Um, I ran my own product company for 10 years and sold it after after running it for 10 years. And so I really learned how to, to build marketing around um, this game and skincare. So with, with building that business and being in the same industry, being at the same trade shows, I got to know Circadia and Michael and all of the team there because just you know they they sort of like watched me market my not only myself but my business for a decade and so it was a natural fit like after i sold yeah. i started doing mm-hmm. some consulting so we did a little bit of consulting uh with them some workshops and then um they were like i was i was sort of like trying to discover after i sold like really what i was going to do and and i i niched down um, specifically to work with skincare brands and circadia was one of my first calls i'm like do you guys want to do stuff and they're like <laughs> where do we sign up let's go and so yeah it's been a it's been a really good partnership yeah so we go really so our our businesses is uh set up in a way that we we produce a lot more than we actually run their social right so for a lot of the different brands that we work with on a contractual basis we just like produce, uh, content for their skincare product, right. Send it to them. They do it. Circadia is pretty unique because we're really deep with them. So we're actually posting and doing, uh, much more, uh, on a strategic marketing level. So they would, they're like the one and only that we go crazy deep on, but then we have like Amazing. about a, probably about 10 others that we just, uh, create content for. Um, and that's, that list is always growing. And, um, but yeah,
0: but no, so you have Creative Juice as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about Creative Juice.
1: Yeah, so Creative Juice, we, you know, it was sort of like, there's been different principles and practices and things that I've done in my career to like get my Creative Juices flowing, right? Like we've always been in marketing, we've, we've, we've been in the weeds on like trying to market ourselves as like a product brand and uh, other businesses I've had as service brands. And so it was always like, um, we would do different things and different tactics. And there were certain things that would just get our creative juices flowing all the time. And we want to help inspire others to, uh, get their creative juice on, get their flow on like, and so specifically within skincare. So I ran a, um, a couple different companies after I sold my business and I was like, but I, I rebranded and re kind of calibrated my entire company on serving one audience and one audience only. And that's skincare brands. And we want it. So creative juice is a studio. It's a marketing studio dedicated solely to producing content, both educationally uh, social media and kind of long form protocol driven content specifically for skincare brands. So everything we do in our studio points to that North star points to helping and assisting uh, skincare brands growing through, you know, captivating content.
0: Okay. So kind of going back to my point of, um, Mm -hmm. you had posted something the other day on Creative Juice and Mm -hmm. I just felt like it hit home. It was really talking about like targeting a specific market and then just making the best content for them and just Mm -hmm. being their go-to. Why do you think that's important and how do you think it made you stand out for skincare brands?
1: Yeah, I think what you want to try to understand is like, what do you... Like if you're, if you're an SD and you have like, you're ultimately like in this competitive landscape and you have people around you and they have choices and they can go get facials, they can have a choice if they should get a facial or not, or come back again. Right. At the end of the day, like I'm talking product to service, like what do you want to be known by? Right. What do you, like when somebody thinks of something, you've got to be the brand of the company, the person, whoever that they think of when they need that service. They think of when they, when they have that issue with their skin. Right. And so like it started early with my product brand. We, we like, you know, there's so much competition, there's so much noise. And so the foundation to me about like knowing content, knowing what to post, knowing, you know, how much to post or what to do, it starts with like who you are as a brand. And what is the, what are the couple things that you want to be known by? Like, so with my product brand, right? Like we, we were entering a competitive space. We were I like went to this trade show and I'm like, I walked before, like right when we got the company and I'm like, I'm competing with these guys. Like this is nuts. Like they have a 30 by 50 booth and there's like 20 sales reps dressed in black in heels. And I'm like, and I'm just like me (laughs) and my wife. And I'm like, these are our competitors. And so, and that can be intimidating, but you can also take an opportunity to be like, okay, We're going to be known for this and we're going to nail it. And so when somebody thinks of this and for us at that time, it was customization. So because we made that fundamental decision to say, like, when somebody wants custom spa menu, they're going to, and my brand is called salt of the earth. They're going to think of us. And then everything we did in that brand was filled. It was kind of like, imagine like a strainer that you like pour water through. Everything we do is going to go through this customization filter. So when we develop a new product, how do we, how do we enable customization? When we develop a new innovation, when we do design. And so it literally be that, that foundation, when you understand who you want to be known for, it helps you like innovate, right? So we developed what we call the blend bar mix station where, um, estheticians, massage therapists, nail techs could actually customize their entire experience in front of the guest in a, a really cool kind of like, Coldstone creamery meets bath and body way. Right. Yeah. So, so because, because that like brand brand foundation was like, okay, this is what we want people to know us by. It actually like was so clear how to innovate. Cause we went so deep in that area and it's hard because you're like, okay, like I give facials. Yeah. How do I, I want to be known for like, that. How
0: do we get there?
1: <laughs> so, so, so you want to like, and, and, and sometimes it could be like within an area, right? Like you could say, you could say, okay, um, I, it could be like around a a technique, right? It could be around a facial massage that puts somebody to sleep. It could be around, and and you start so small and start so ridiculously specific, right? If it's acneic skin, like, um, in whatever County in the state that they're living in, like, okay, we're in Washington County, Utah. And I, um, I know how to cure the the acne better than anybody in this market. And here's a thousand reasons why over a thousand pieces of content over three years, right? But when you get hyper-specific um, about a technique, about a style, about something that you, a problem that you solve in your business, it could be the, the similar problem that like many aestheticians solve, but you are nailing it in your community more so than any other person. And they you're the person they think of first and that's so valuable in a brand right that's branding so that's what we did that's what we did with like <laughs> our our business and that's what we're trying to do with right now like we create content for skincare brands like if if you're a skincare brand and you want educational content like we're branding ourselves as like well creative juicy They're, we're the shop for that because that's all we deal in that's all we invest in that's all we that's everything we optimize for that and so that's i'm super into ne- like, niching yourself.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I think sometimes people kind of, okay, so I believe in niching, niching, mm-hmm, however mm-hmm. you want to. I believe in that, uh, too. But what do you think about people who have, like, multiple avenues? Like, let's yeah. say you do facials, but also, for example, we'll just use me for example. I do yeah. facial and I do energy work. So, mm-hmm. there. I mean, the way that I have found the similarity is that there's some type of stress factor associated with it and mm-hmm. i'm here to kind of relieve that so that's been like my commonality but how do you recommend for somebody who literally has just gotten started and they know nothing about where they're even going
1: yeah somebody who's getting going and that's can be tough cuz you're like i'm not i'm like not an expert or anything i don't have an experience i don't <laughs> like how am i supposed to like put myself out there as this person right yeah I, I think i think like one of the types of content that does really well for people is like aspirational or like documenting the journey. And like, I've heard, I hear that a lot, like document your journey about like how you become this, but like in any good story, like there's a hero and a villain character that goes from this person to that person at the end of the movie or the end of the book. Right. And so when we think in terms of like a character transformation, right. Saying like, this is what I aspire to be. This is what I aspire to become. This is who I want to represent. And this is what I want my business to be in the future. Like there's a certain type of, it's not for everybody, but there's, there's an identifiable person who's like, so into that. And they're, and they're like, just because you're documenting the journey, right. I want to heal people's, uh, um, skin. I want to through energy work and this, right. And you have that like reinforceable mantra that you, you, you know, i want to be and it could be like in your community, it could be like, I want to, um, be the number one energy work healer for skincare Mm -hmm. in the, in the U S or the world or my state or my city. And when you have that, like sometimes branding yourself as like, this is what I want to be. This is what I'm trying to be. This is what my goal is. It can actually help a lot because then you just, you're not only manifesting it but you're you're kind of like letting people know, and then they start to identify yourself in that. You just gotta like right. literally tell people what you're what you're going for if you don't have it yet and you're not that expert yet.
0: So you're like telling yourself and you're letting everybody else know this is what we're doing. Um, yeah. come along for the journey and grow totally. with me a little bit to-
1: totally. And, and I think too, like if, when when you do that and then you're like, then the content ideas become kind of limitless because you're like, yes. okay, I'm I'm documenting my journey in becoming this person. This is who I want to be. This is my main North star. And when you can really just like document a journey and like trying to figure out how to get there, um, I think, I think documenting and trying to put yourself on camera, it teaches you more than anything. Yeah. When you try to teach someone, someone else, it's like the best form of education for yourself too. So it's more than just creating content. It's like hyper growing your learning as well.
0: I got you. That's great. That's a really good uh, point. Yeah. And um, honestly, just side note, I feel like that's a really good, like, standalone real point. Like, that's something that could connect with everybody because I don't know. You just you go through it, and you have no idea if you're even doing mm-hmm. this right or if it's worth value or anything. You're just mm-hmm. you're just you're just fucking doing it, right? So, yeah. it's like, what are we doing?
1: Well, and Um, it's hard, like you mentioned, like you, you, you asked a question about trying to like, okay, I want to be like, I do this and this and also this, and I want to be known like, and we all have things we want to be known for, um, and things that like, you, you're probably good at like a dozen things too. Um, I am right. Probably more than a dozen.
0: (laughs) Maybe who knows.
1: (laughs) And and I, I personally struggle with that too, where I'm like, ah, like, but I, I I have an expertise here and I could talk about this. So do I not talk about it? Like I hear yes. people go back and forth on like, do I just like stay so ridiculously focused on these, my three word, whatever I'm supposed to be. This is what I do. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a, that I struggle with. Cause I don't, you know, I don't like, there's multiple ways that you can add value to an audience or mm-hmm. to a set of followers and stuff like that. But I think just like the more you do, the more it becomes clear about what people like. And like, you just don't know what, what's going to like, Win in the end, right? Yeah. You just got to try um, it you, you just do stuff. it, for sure. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> I went to a, um, I went to my old school yesterday, which was really crazy because I got to see all of my teachers who taught me aesthetics and um, they follow me on social media. So they're kind of like watching the journey and stuff. And I got to talk to new Estes and new Cosmos and new Neltex who literally were doing what I was just doing. Mm-hmm. And um, one, I felt a lot of value in that because I, I feel like my passion and my connection is just educating people and helping people just learn what they love and doing it with full confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so while I was there, I asked them some questions because I knew we were gonna be chit-chatting today. And so we're just gonna get right into it. So how do you maintain a social media and a personal life?
1: It's gonna be different for everybody. Uh, for me, I blend, I blend work, play family culture together and it makes it a natural um it makes it 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 just it just makes it a natural thing to do, right? If I'm if I'm segmenting it, like my culture, my business has always been like I think of I think of like work, life, I I kind of blend everything together and it just makes it easier and more
0: natural. I agree. I think it adds to the authenticity of your brand. Like people Mm -hmm. realize that you have a family, you have a life outside of this, but also, uh, here's the content. So I think it's like a good mix. What social media would you say is most beneficial to get your name out there?
1: I mean, platform, I think whatever, I think whatever you're like naturally good at, like, I mean, you want to say all of them, but like if you said, okay, I don't want to have my face on camera. I'm not good at the camera uh, guess what? You, you can ha- you have a voice and you can voice over a hundred percent of everything. Ooh. So naturally the most attention now is, is, is rails and TikToks, right? Yeah. Is, is the ability to like do video content. A lot of people get intimidated by that, but I would say, I would say it's all about the video. It's all about,
0: okay. I agree. You know, I'm like, tell about that them all they need to make videos.
1: Yeah. hundred percent.
0: Yeah. A video content is just so important. It just it's a better way to convey a message in a very mm-hmm. like succinct time frame. You only have mm-hmm. so much time to really get that point across. So um, and I also think like with that question, um, any any platform you're actually going to use, like <laughs> you have True. to do it in order to get better at it. And if you don't, you know where you're at. So a common question, I've probably got it like 40 times. How do I get followers?
1: Yes. Okay. So this is, this kind of go, like to me, like this goes like off, offline.
0: Okay. Like (laughs) I,
1: I would obsess, like I wouldn't obsess online about like how to get followers. Cause like I've made a great living and I've had multiple businesses that have been, um, very successful based on a very small social media following and a couple of businesses I did have, we had a, like a good following, but if you obsess over building the best experience and product possible for your Mm -hmm. guest, for your client, like word of mouth is, is always will be the number one form of marketing. So how do you create word of mouth? Well, (laughs) that word of mouth is either going to spread through somebody talking about uh, your stuff for four of their friends or 300 of their friends on their social media. So if you <laughs> if you just like, don't even like just ignore a little bit for a second followers because it doesn't matter. Obsess over your product. Obsess over creating the best experience possible and guess what's going to happen. People are going to tell other people about it. Yes. Straight up. And that's how you grow.
0: Shit, y'all better, y'all better write that down. <laughs> I'm just letting you know that's what you need to be doing. What is the best way to promote yourself positively on social media?
1: Positively.
0: I guess they might be some promote content. themselves a little yeah. negatively. I don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so
0: they're probably concerned about what people I'm going to go ahead and dive mm-hmm. deeper into this and assume that they're probably concerned about what people think of their content. So how people are consuming mm-hmm.
1: them. Yeah, I think. Most people, like I did, talk to an esthetician last week, actually at Circadia headquarters, who, who felt so, like imposter, like it's like I, what, who am I to like put myself out there? Who am I to go on camera? I can't do this. I think when you, I think when you just realize that, like the fact that nobody's, I've done this right, like. I've learned to not like care what people think of me online uh, because I also realized like people don't pay attention that much yeah. as much as we think they are. Like I had, a, I put, I did a business over a couple years ago that was like, it like failed. And I put myself out there in a huge way. I documented my journey. I was like showing everybody the progress on it and I just shut it down. Guess what? No one remembers that and no one cares. <laughs> right. And it's like, no one sees that. They just see like, me putting out energy and me sharing my passion and guess, and I had a failure and they're not thinking like, whatever happened with that? They just don't pay attention that close.
0: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? hmm
1: So there's like always going to be haters.
0: that though. So like you mm-hmm. you failed, kept going and mm-hmm. it was fine.
1: It was so fine. And like, <laughs> I was, look, I was saying, here's how we're growing this business. This is how we're going to do it. Uh, we're going to launch our website on this. I, like I was like super specific. I was like truly documenting the journey. And then it was just like, it. I had a pivot. And like I say, no one noticed. Nobody noticed. Like my, yeah. my five closest friends may have been like, are you guys, are you still doing any of that? It's like, no. <laughs> it's like, okay.
0: okay. Who cares?
1: Yeah. People change jobs. People do stuff all the time. Well, yeah. Um, I mean,
0: you can try something and, Maybe you like it or maybe, like you said, you pivot. Mm -hmm. Like pivoting is so important with business. I used to own a beauty supply store and I always talk about like failure led me to success because honestly, it was so traumatic to me, like failing publicly. Like if you're running (laughs) and you trip and fall and nobody that you know is around, like you didn't even fall, right? Like what happened? Nobody knows. exactly. But if you fall in front of all your friends, your family, their friends and family, they've been hyping you up too. Mm-hmm. It, you start really like taking and internalizing that and thinking that that's on everybody's brain. And honestly, the only thing that people remember from me doing that business is that I did it. And it was like, dang, that mm-hmm. is so cool that she did that.
1: People, they, they just don't. They're just not paying attention as close as we actually think they are. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's a good and bad thing because then you're like, wait, no one cares about me. No one's paying attention to me. <laughs> you know, so it can, and that could lead to like, wait, so, okay. So what's the point of, why am I putting this out here? Why am I doing this? Right. Yeah. So I think if you can find the, it kind of goes into something else, but if you can find like the joy in whatever content or the joy in the journey is huge. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because, uh, or, or finding a format that like you like, or finding a format, or like a style of content you like putting out there, because like, if you're just doing it for yourself or you're just saying to yourself, okay, like, I'm just going to document this And if I fail in a year or 10 years or three years, then like I'm going to be able to learn from that. Like just chalk it up to that. And that's, that's hard to do. Like it's still really hard, honestly. But, um, I'm just, I'm just want to convince people of this because I've literally fallen on my face in front of my family, friends and people (laughs) and no one cares. Guess what?
0: And they still didn't
1: care. And it's all good. They're like awesome. You know, Hey, we'll help you get back up. If I got that vulnerable, but it was like more of like they just don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember like who, who's, who, what is like some of the big business guru-y people that you follow? Um, like, do you have anybody that's like a Gary Fe- like you know?
0: Yeah, I follow Gary. Um, or like, um, uh, okay, well, I follow like ratchet people. <laughs> <laughs> follow like drake and lori harvey okay but i also follow (laughs) inspirational people too yeah but yeah i don't ever i guess i don't pay attention to anything really like you don't
1: know like you don't exactly you don't know the the like there's there's like startups i know specifically like business people that i follow that i'm like they had a a thing they invested in and that went to nothing that failed. They put 200 grand into that thing. It went to nothing. It's closed down. They put, they put a hundred K into that. They put 50 K in that and it's nothing. Mm
0: -hmm. No one,
1: no one remembers that. No one cares about that. Right. Yeah. Uh, It's just one of the things that they did. And, and, um, so I, I think that's one of the biggest things like that people need to get over is like this fear of failure.
0: Like embrace it. Totally a little bit like if it happens, it happens. But, you know, you're obviously not trying for that. But right. I mean, sometimes things happen. You can't plan for everything. Have a plan and then be prepared for when that plan completely does whatever it wants, because that's how it works.
1: Totally. Mm hmm. Um.
0: I'm going to go back to the rapid fire, but sorry, I'm I'm
1: going off on rapid fire.
0: (laughs) No, I love it. Actually, I, these are like the questions that I get anytime that I speak and I do like a social media presentation and whenever I do a presentation, it's always more tailored towards like utilizing YouTube to create like brand loyalty a little bit. Like people kind of just trust your brand a little bit more when they can see it in live action. Yep. Um, and so that's what I talk to people about. And it's always the same questions. It's always, mm. I have social media anxiety. What should I post? What mm. platform? And it really just goes back to getting loose with content yep. and just like trying a bunch of stuff. Some is going to work. Like it's just, mm-hmm. I posted a cat video, like me dancing in like a cat onesie. <laughs> the internet loved it. And I'm just like, this is the dumbest thing on the internet uh-huh. right now.
1: But I think it I think to the, to your point there like it humanizes you because like the, the key to business like if I if you had an opportunity to sit down for lunch or dinner with uh, your perfect potential prospect customer right and you chatted you went to six lunches with that person like a thousand percent they're gonna come and get a facial from you because there's context you taught them something that your buddies they know you they like you like you're human too like you, he did mm-hmm. the funny cat video, right? So I think at the end of the day, like e- even if it's like somebody's not into cats, like if you were if you were into any kind of hobby, I saw in your stories you did like some gardening stuff right there. Yeah, people, people like not that like all of your followers care about gardening, but people like people with passions, and they like people who have a passion or a connection about something else because they do too. It might be a different hobby,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: when you connect with people, when you share that, and when you're like, you don't have to share every aspect of your life, but people connect with people and people do business with humans and they always have, and they always will. And so the more you put yourself out there on social media, the more human you are and the more you're going to connect with your potential audience.
0: (laughs) So can you talk about like selfish content a little bit? Um, I feel like one of my biggest areas of growth in the past two years was moving away from like, eye content. And what I mean by that is just like, I didn't really think about my audience. I mean, I thought about them because mm-hmm. I was like, I hope they come watch this video. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't think about why they were coming to watch this video or anything. So can you talk about like, creating content from a selfish, a selfish space?
1: Uh, Yeah, so so did you, let me ask you, when you created that content, like for you, was it because you enjoyed that format? Was it because you just like wanted to sh- put yourself on? Like how, why did you do it that way?
0: <laughs> when I was making selfish content? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to become famous by huh. doing wig reviews and I saw another wig reviewer and she was doing incredible and I wanted that. I was uh-huh. passionate about hair, but I just, I thought it was more, it wasn't really like what I wanted to do. It was kind of what mm-hmm. I thought my brand needed to do.
1: And it, and it would blow you up. Like you're like, okay, if I do this style of <laughs> thing, if if, yes. you, if I do a cat dancing video every day, then I'm going to blow up. You know? Yes,
0: that was my mindset.
1: <laughs> I think that's. I think it's, it's, it's really hard because you, you, you're you trying to balance like what's going to get me views and what's going to get me attention and what I actually, what, what should I put out there? Yes. Like what, what's going to give the audience value, right? There, that's a constant like battle for, for kind of everybody because you want to enjoy it and you want to do like content you want to spend time on, not be like miserable. Right. And you want to <laughs> do stuff that comes natural. But I think like, When, when you really find your niche on your passion on like what you, what your superpower is, right. And like helping people understand and, um, that about not only you, but like how they can increase that in themselves. That's where it just becomes so authentic because now people have a million choices when they watch or view or subscribe or like, or follow. And so if you're doing stuff that authentically is yourself and truly like either a passion or a business that you're growing, um, it's just gonna becomes a limitless machine of like ideas and content. But when you're trying to do something just for the fo- just for like a follow and just mm-hmm. for like okay, this is a niche that I could blow up in, I can get famous in, like it's just not sustainable. Yeah. Like, in my- It's just not right. You just run out. You run out of gas. It's just, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And so you're, you're, it's going to be too hard and the mud's going to be too thick and you'll just straight up run out of energy and gas and it won't be sustainable. I feel like doing something that's passionate or that you know a lot about, or you want to know a lot about that has sustainability power for many years to come.
0: Yeah. 100%. That's perfect. You're pretty smart, Paul.
1: I, no, I just, you know, yeah, maybe you I like I, I, I Here's the thing. I'll, I'll say this because like people, this is about social media, right? Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm never, like I'm making a good living by connecting with the right customers and I do it via social media and I have a very small following, okay? You don't need a huge following. You need the right... Like I always, I always want to tell estheticians and and other people, like, what if? So if you charge, like, let me ask you, if your what's your like average service price or what's like a good like premium facial that you charge for?
0: So two different things. My average service ticket is about ninety dollars right now, but my cool. premium facials are coming in at one thirty five.
1: Okay, one thirty five. So what I want you to think about. Cause, cause like when I, and it's, you could, you only can go so far and so high, right? But it's a good exercise to go through. Uh, and this relates to social media, I promise. But, but this is so, because like if you, if you said, okay, if I only had a hundred people paying attention to me, or if I only had 56 people watching my IG stories, um, what is the perfect customer that would spend 10X that on? Is there, is there somebody out there? they would actually spend a thousand 10 X that 1300 bucks on a facial $900 on a facial. Absolutely. Right. If there is that person. So for me in my social media, like we do content marketing for skincare brands. And like I, when I create any kind of content, a lot of times it's, you know, it's sometimes it's selfish. Like you mentioned before, sometimes it's like very specific to my niche, but sometimes I'm building a piece of content Cause I know the founder of this company that does a hundred million dollars is watching my, my IG story and I'm building it for literally her. I've made YouTube episodes for her. I've made a YouTube episode that's talking to brands that I, that I then send to my list of the 20 people I'm in contact with right now Mm -hmm. that all I care about is the 20 views. That's all I care about. Cause I know that person has a huge budget. And yes. a huge ability to spend more with me, and so when I when you think about your services, and you think about how do I get to a two hundred dollar facial, yeah, a two hundred and fifty dollar facial, okay, well let me make content that or or design a service or design an experience that's going to be so amazing that somebody would fork over three hundred for that, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And that's
1: how, and, and when you think in terms of small audience but just larger spend that's when like those 56 views are awesome, right? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of valuable. what I've done and how I've made really like a, a living by having a very small following. I just try to like level up the amount of spend that those small audience will spend with me and focus on that, um, that higher dollar tier customer.
0: Yeah, you know, to your point, um, when I first started... Um, And I needed to grow to the price point that I'm at now. I feel like Mm -hmm. my pricing is very appropriate for the level of experience that people get. However, when I first started, I was doing facials for like $60, right? Mm -hmm. And my books were so insane. It was crazy. I was working every day. And it was a good problem to have, right? Because it's like, oh, yes, I'm so booked. I'm so busy. Um, And I was talking to one of my friends and I was like, you know, i was like i'm so exhausted right now i just can't even think like i am running literally on autopilot and he was like well sounds like your price needs to go up Mm -hmm. and i was like oh i don't know about that i just got started we need to chill out Mm -hmm. and the concept was exactly that i needed to phase out people not even like phase out, but I needed to grow. I was growing, I had gained experience, and so my price point needed to elevate as well. And if my clientele was willing and wanted Mm -hmm. to to share that with me and grow with me, then they would pay that new price. And some people I did lose. I lost about five or six clients from this transition. But in taking those six people off of my plate, I still had like, let's say 12 is the total. I still had six other clients that are now paying double Yep. And I'm working less. I now have an entire day off of work. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. And it it just it's so good. It It, it does. So I'm curious, like, because a lot of these are new estheticians. How, how do you feel like, do you feel like there's just a certain amount of like mud somebody has to go through and like experience to get those like $60 facials? They have to like, just do volume and get there. Or do you think they can do stuff like more like sooner that like will increase our price. What is your, I'm curious of your opinion on that.
0: I think it's twofold. I think more experience with like a different skin type and just educating yourself, like some of that stuff you wouldn't get initially if um, you mm-hmm. didn't have that pricing at that place. Like people just really have to even take a chance with you. Like a client yeah. who has rosacea is a perfect example. It's kind of scary yeah. going to someone for a $60 facial, yeah. but you need that. And so you need to work with other types. However, once you grow, and it doesn't have to be forever, I felt like once I got out there, I started just reading and consuming as much mm-hmm. as I could, picking people's brains. And I was ready to increase my price after two months of being out. I was like, I'm doing awesome. facials, I'm working. And I slowly increased, and my first price increase was $15. I went from mm-hmm. 60 to $75 yep. because I felt I was at that place. So in my opinion, I think it's a combination of time but Mm -hmm. also like really experience. I never really advise people to go out of the gate and just start a business. Yep. Just because I've had a business before, I know the struggle, but that way you can learn on someone else's time. Yeah, 100%. You know? And so once I got to the place that I was ready to walk away from my job and I just felt like I can do this Mm -hmm. (laughs) on my own, Mm -hmm. I have the clientele base, I've gained the trust and I feel confident I'm mm-hmm. ready to charge the price and stand on it. That's yeah. when I was ready to transition. And that took me eight months.
1: Love it. Well, and I think too, like just thinking about that all the time, it's like when you have that mentality of just not saying, okay, like, yes, the end goal is to like double your price of your facial, but like reversing that and saying, how do I like double the value of the facial? Yes. How do I give them so much? Does that mean I need to take, does it mean like there's, um, an SD Chris Astroff with Circadia, right? She, so she's a she's an educator at Circadia University, where we have a lot of all the digital education for Circadia, where um, these educators come in and like share their expertise and knowledge and stuff like that. And when she was in here, she was doing this massage technique. This wasn't on camera. This was like kind of like after uh, we 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 hit stop, and she was doing this technique. She's like, I bought this. I can't remember how much she paid or who she paid. But she's like, I bought this um, training technique um, from a uh, somebody online, and she's like, and I spent a ton of money on it, and because I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is this looks nice, and um, <laughs> she's like, yeah, I bought this.
0: It, it needs to,
1: <laughs> right? And so it, it it's kind of like when you invest in your skill set, and when you invest, in, and it's it could be a certification, or it could just be like a practice, a modality, a something that a tradition that you see other people using in their services and like ultimately like a facial or any service out there can be a commodity to yeah. some people so when you can uncommoditize yourself it could be like no this is like an experience with training from here 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 a technique from this 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 and this all of a sudden you craft this like amazing thing that like people don't even know what it is but you're giving them so much value and they can't put a pin on it necessarily but you it's just all this stuff that's when you're like triple your pricing right
0: yeah nice Um, i'm trying to triple my pricing
1: hey you know what (laughs) and and it's tough because you might like some sds right they're like i'm in small town there's like the income level is low here i would see that question come up right but i would say okay there's there is a market for everything. There's a market and there's an ability to be number 1 in your yeah. little spot. Um and there's money everywhere. It's just going to find it. Yeah. So I know we're I know we're I know we're getting into SD stuff and less social, but
0: No, that's okay. I really like yeah. just whatever the conversation is. We can get into yeah. all of it, honestly. <laughs> like anything that helps and I I think just sometimes when you are a creator like me personally, I struggle with finding like someone to bounce that idea off of because like my wife, mm-hmm. she is not a creator. Okay. <laughs> <She's> just, <laughs> it's not her thing. Yeah. Um, and so when I'm like thinking of ideas, you're really just like solo doing that yourself, especially now Um, mm-hmm. for a lot of the people who are listening or watching or tuning in. um, This is that groundwork time. This is yeah. where you really figure out who you are. And a lot of the times for me, when I first started making YouTube videos, I was literally in my room just talking to my phone and it was the weirdest thing that I've ever done because I'm (laughs) laughing with myself. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, what would they think when they see this? Yeah. And that is such a hard skill to develop. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I think the idea of just, you know, what you're saying makes so much sense. And I just think like when you get to talk to other people and pick their brains, no matter if it's SD or social media, it or creating you can learn from it from a business perspective
1: yeah and i think what you're doing is is awesome because like it one of the things that like you're 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 putting like not a lot of people will put themselves out there like you're a really good example of this because people are like there's a we talked about some of those reasons right that why they wouldn't but um so i want you to tell me what you have learned through or, and what some of the hardships that you've experienced in like doing that, right? Cause you put out content, you try stuff, you did the wig stuff, like, right. So what, what, what are some of the things that you've learned that you would like to share with people? Because you're doing, you're right in the middle of it. You're doing it and you're like tasting every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's really wild because I never even pictured like being a creator. Like that just wasn't it. Mm-hmm. I started making videos because nobody was coming to my business and I was like, well, you guys come in here cause I'm here and, <laughs> and people connected with that. And, um, when my business closed, it was unfortunate, but it was necessary. I turned to making YouTube videos and I had no following. So nobody was watching. So I didn't care about failing because nobody was yeah. watching it. Right. Um, But while I was growing, I actually had a really uh, traumatic experience where somebody in my community, and I don't like to talk negatively ever, but this would be something that I think is why people don't try. Mm -hmm. So I made this YouTube video. It was called How My Failed Business Led Me to My Passion, right? Mm -hmm. I have it hidden on my YouTube channel to this day because I was so scarred. Uh, Someone took that video and then decided to spread like lies and propaganda about me as a person. Yeah, it was really wild. (laughs) Yeah. And they sent their following to my comment section and people were saying really nasty things like to the point that like I had to disable the comments and none of it was true. It was 100% unfounded, but it had the damage had already been done. I felt so vulnerable Mm -hmm. and um. I got really depressed and I didn't make any more videos for a long time, right? For like maybe four or five months, I didn't make any content after that. And then I decided, you know, what does it matter what one person thinks Mm -hmm. of me when I know that there's all of these other people who have seen this amazing inspiration in me? and it's kind of crazy because now that's literally what my brand is, right? I give a lot of life advice, sharing my own experience. And I took that and I use it as motivation. And it was so freeing to that's, create that way.
1: That's awesome. And, that's, and that's, that's, that yeah. speaks a lot to, to, to go overcome that because those can be just like crippling, right? Where it's like... Yeah. And I think, I think when you shift as well, like when you shift to saying, okay, rather than like, this is what you should do for your life, you just said, this is like when you shift and say like, this is what I did for my life and this is yes. what I did for me and this is what worked for me. It may not work for you.
0: I'm just it saying, not,
1: <laughs> I'm just saying this is my, and you're just kind of sharing that experience that can, some, some of that language can shift too. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's going to be hate. There's going to be haters <laughs> though. Right.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. And you have to just expect that. Like, yeah. I mean, there are going to be haters, but at the end of the day is, is that what's going to stop your business from being successful? I really believe that like we are in someone's story, Paul, you are probably a villain, which is crazy Mm -hmm. to me because I know you and you're such an amazing guy, but you probably have had that Mm -hmm. be some aspect in someone's life, right? And we're also superheroes. We're also also confidants. We're also Mm -hmm. uh, inspirational leaders. So you can be many things. And I think you just have to understand that um, when you're following someone, they're just a person mm-hmm. They're they're, you know, they're not perfect. So they may do yep. well, they may do bad. And that's why I share my content the way that I do. I use profanity because that's how I talk. Right. I'm not going to do something that's not me. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know, I share failure because that's what made me successful. Now I'm not telling everybody go start a business and then fail at it. I hope that's yeah. not what happens but it helped me. And so I feel like my audience really connects with that. And um, it's crazy the messages that I get from mm-hmm. just sharing my own story. More people should share theirs because I think a lot of people see the finished product.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. And I think, I think there's like one of those things that again, holds people back one, one negative comment to 200 positive, it's just gonna, it's gonna weigh on somebody. Straight up, like, it doesn't matter who you are. It's human nature. Like, um, but when you can see past that, because like, when somebody, um, like, I have, a, I had a friend recently. She posted. She does like a lot of fitness stuff, and she post. She has a pretty big following. She posted this video of her like singing this certain song that like before bedtime with her her daughter, her like baby, right? Aww. So she's playing with her baby. And her other daughter was like in the, in the video, but just like trying to like sing along and trying to do this. And, and, and she doesn't, she wasn't paying attention to her other daughter who was like just there. Right. And she just posted this video. It, it, it's got hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views. Um, and she has so many negative comments in there. It's like, you're just ignoring your other daughter. Poor girl. You're <laughs> neglecting you as a mom. It's like, what? And so, and I, I give you that story because somebody sees sixty seconds of somebody's day or like that one video and they think they just will judge them right, and so I, I try to put myself in that person's shoes as well that who's like giving that hate. I'm like, what what's going what's going on in their life that they would they would actually be willing to like go on somebody, let alone that they don't even know, yeah, and say those things. They must be going through. Some stuff.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Right. T-t-t-t- to be in that situation where they do that. And so like sometimes it's it's hard to give somebody empathy because you're like, what are you telling you're saying to me like you're a fool, but but some you got to be you got to be in a place of hurt or somewhere like really bad to like do that to somebody, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, let alone a stranger. And so um, it, as much as you can muster up the the fortitude to like serve empathy to somebody and like love like that can that can be like the the, the, big, the biggest fire extinguisher ever
0: just to kind of round things out we didn't really get into it so we're gonna have to get into it next time about culture marketing um, yeah. more in depth we completely just but mm-hmm. could you give my audience just an idea of what that concept is culture yeah marketing
1: yeah culture marketing it was the thing that I had a small business. I mentioned the salt of the earth. It was one of the biggest pillars that enabled us to grow and to stay connected with other people. Um, Culture marketing is, is literally marketing your culture, building a remarkable company culture. Even if that's a a culture of one, if it's a culture of three or four or 10, but it's saying, how do we build an amazing culture that people want to be a part of? And then how do we document that comp, uh, like that culture and put it out into the world, right? And so for us, culture marketing was saying, we're going to like show who we are as human beings. Mm-hmm. And we're going to put that out in a unique way. So what we did at my business um, was we said, okay, we're going to do a, a weekly video. We called Farewell Fridays. And we're just going to share what happened in the week. And th- sometimes they were skits. Sometimes they were just like actual funny things or montages or whatever happened, but like our customers begin to look forward to them
0: mm-hmm. and
1: connect with the people. And so what it did for us was because the only expectation for us was it just said, it, it was like, this is what we did as a staff on Friday. We went to a water park or we went and served this community or we just like were too busy and we hurry and did something fun. Right. It actually, what it did was it gave us an excuse to film something out of somebody's like eight-hour day like it was really hard like they were just filling lotion packets all day <laughs> um and so it actually like made people think like this is what we should do for our fr- Friday video this week Paul and it and it like actually created the culture
0: yeah for the
1: f- right for the fact that we were like documenting and making this like funny video it was like that 10 minutes of their day like made the culture right and so it got bigger and bigger and then more spas and brands wanted to participate so when i would go train spas like all over the the world really like they would be in our our videos right and they wanted to dance and they wanted to do like the funny things we would do and um it was it was very uh so it it basically connected right like people do business with people and so like they knew who our warehouse guy was because like tim was right he was featured in a video like (laughs) in this funny sort of skit thing that was like You got to know Tim over a period of six months. They knew who our customer service girl was because they saw her. And so when when they made that call or when that email came through or whatever, it was just all of a sudden people do business with people. So it was literally, it was just creating a culture. How do you create a great culture? Well, you just create remarkable experiences people are going to remember. And you want to document those. And so if nothing else to say, I'm an SD. How do I make the best experience possible? 20 steps to make, you get your phone out, 20 steps of making like the best facial on earth, right? Step one. And it's like, click this on, click that on, open that up, do this, fold this, warm this up. Like all of a sudden you're like starting to document your day, document your process, document your culture. Um, And people will... People will do business with you because they like you as a human being, yes. right? And that's what we did it, it, it for years. And we literally connected globally with people from it because we, we, we got to 15 countries by the time we were done. We sold our product line to 15 countries and we had people doing the things we were doing and talking about the videos in Dubai, in yeah. Australia. So it was cool.
0: That's and, it
1: it just worked for us, right? It yeah. just worked and, and it, it worked. And so we, I, I have a huge passion around that subject and I could go, I, I can go deep on it, but.
0: Well, we'll have to go deep on it next time for sure, because I really feel like this is a great subject. And I, I feel like we did talk about it, but we didn't really go into like labeling it that specifically. Yep. And it really is so important to just like create content from that perspective. And so I would love for you to come back if you'd like. Of course. Would you? Okay. Yay. (laughs) So, how can people connect with you and pick your brain or hire you to be like a keynote speaker? Because you guys really should. He's incredible. You should have him come to your school.
1: Oh, thank you. No. um, Yeah, I'm just on uh, IG at Paul Heslup. Um, You can see my business at Creative Juicy, Creative Juice with a Y. And you can see what's going on with our studio and the opening of our new studio over on IG, YouTube, and all the places. But yeah, connect, me with, uh, connect with me online. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to uh, just connect with all of you online.
0: Yay, you guys heard it here first. You need to go and follow the person who's literally inspiring me on a daily basis. If you haven't already, you should subscribe by clicking the subscribe button down below. Turn the notifications on so you never miss an upload. I'm literally posting all the time, but you'll never know if you don't have your notifications turned on. And make sure you are following us on Spotify and anywhere that you get your podcasts. It is Skin Is In Podcast, and I will see you guys, or I will hear you guys, I don't know, next time. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.